Hi, everybody. I'm Leslie Allen, and you are listening to Brothers on Tennis. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we've got a good interview for you today. We've got a young lady who is on the tour, who is just fighting the good fight and 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 playing in you know, tournaments uh, week in and week out. And we have the opportunity to chat with her on Brothers on Tennis today. And I am extremely excited to talk with this young lady. Bryce, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. We have Rashida McAdoo with us today, and she has a very interesting story that I'm I'm excited to dive into. One of the things that we like to do on this podcast is we like to give different views of the tennis tour. And, and it's one thing, you know, sometimes that you're always talking about the Rafael Nadals and the Roger Federer's and the Venus and Serena's, but the tour is much larger than that. And, you know, we have players that have a different journey uh, that come up through different ranks. Um, and we're very interested in Rashida giving us some insight into what it's like to be on the tour, to be on the grind. And she also comes from some very special pedigree. Yes. Uh, And so we'll want to dive into that a little bit as well. But, you know, without further ado, we'd like to welcome two brothers on tennis, Rashida McAdoo. Welcome, Rashida. Hi. Have me. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Absolutely. Great to have you, Rashida. (laughs) So, so first of all, Rashida, you know, we want to introduce you to our audience. And, and the best way to do that is for us to just let you tell us a little bit about your personal background, where you're from, who your people are, how you got started in tennis, all of that good stuff. Okay, well, um, I was born in New York, so... I'm not a true Floridian. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I did move to Florida when I was three months old. So you could say I could be Floridian. But yeah. <laughs> so started there, like, I was pretty athletic as a kid, played a lot of sports, did a lot of different things before I even picked tennis, to be honest. And, um, yeah, it was just... What got me into tennis, um, probably my dad. My dad is a big part of why I'm playing tennis right now. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So what were some of the other sports that you were playing besides tennis? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Okay. So I played (laughs) soccer. I I did swimming. Um, I did some dance. So I did, like, ballet, and then I did, like, um, like jazz and tap. Oh, wow. Yeah. I also played the piano and like I did a little bit of almost everything. <laughs> Sounds like you dabbled in a bunch. Yeah, that's cool, Rashida. Like that. So what was it about tennis that made you say, okay, this is the one thing I'm going to put my attention and my focus towards? Um... Good question. I, I really don't know. I I just liked tennis. It was just, it wasn't too feminine, but it wasn't too masculine. Like, I don't know. It was just something I just got into. 
So who, okay, who were some of your, and we all have these, right? Who were some of your tennis role models or idols that you looked up to and was like, okay, that's who I rock with, or that's who I would like to be like at some point? Um, well, I like everyone, I think they like the big, the big number one, number two players. Like I liked Rafa, I liked Roger, mm-hmm. Rina, but like, I liked them for different reasons. Like it wasn't just that one player that I, idol- I idolized. I liked them for like certain reasons. So like for Roger, I definitely liked his calmness and his professionalism on the court. That's what I aspired to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Rafa for his determination and his athleticism. He's, <laughs> like, he's a bull on the court. And I liked Serena just her because of her fierceness. Like she was just so mean on the court and I liked <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She said that I like that. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, when you decided to play, did you kind of go through the junior ranks or, you know, were you a club player? And and, and then, uh, you know, we know that you transitioned um, eventually into collegiate tennis. So tell us a little bit how that that journey happened. So, yeah, Um I definitely got more serious about tennis probably when I was 12 years old. That's when I stopped playing all the other sports and stopped playing piano and stuff and really got into playing tennis. So that's when I actually did start playing more tournaments. Like I did play more like regional and national tournaments, but that when I turned 13 is when I started playing like the junior ITFs and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was like, it was a big jump from like, from regionals and nationals going into the ITF juniors. It was definitely a switch. Okay. In, in what sense? I mean, was it just the level of competition that you were seeing or was it just the difference in, um, you know, how things were handled, how you got entered into events? I mean, yeah, it was definitely the competition, and you could tell as soon as you switched over, it was like a different world. Like, mm. <laughs> at, like it was more intense. It was more competitive. It was more, dare I say, it, clicky. Ah. <laughs> so it definitely, it wasn't overwhelming, but I definitely saw the change. Gotcha. And, 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 and Rashida, were you traveling with a coach at that point or was it just your parents or how was that makeup? What was your team like? It was definitely just my parents, um, especially my mom. My mom was with me a lot. My dad was always working, so he couldn't really watch me play as much. But yeah, my mom took me to tournaments. We drove there. We flew there just every <laughs> Nice. And were the majority of the tournaments in the Florida area or were, did you find yourself traveling a lot outside of the state for, for uh, some of the ITF events? Um, when I got to ITF, we were definitely traveling, traveling a lot more outside of the U.S. There were a lot in the U.S., but definitely I think I played more outside the U.S. 
Um, I remember playing in like Costa Rica. I definitely played a lot in Europe because I, I am half Italian from my mother's side. So I definitely got to play in Europe a lot. Okay. So that was fun. Different experience, different competition. So how did you then go from playing those tournaments to making the decision, okay, I'm going to go the collegiate route? For me, I had a lot of maturing to do. I'm still pretty sure, but it was like more mature on the court. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. Yeah, I just needed I needed that extra few years to sort of come out of my shell and like just grow up a little bit. Okay. And so we know that you selected Georgia Tech. And and what was it about that program that drew you to them? Well, honestly, Georgia Tech wasn't even in my mind until Rodney Harmon became the head coach there. He was actually oh, Rodney. My, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rodney was actually my private coach when I was about 14, 15, before he got the head coaching job at Georgia Tech. So I was his first recruit. <laughs> oh, really? Did not know that. Okay. That, yeah. That's awesome. He became the head coach the year before, when I was a senior in high school. So I was his first recruit. Yeah. That is awesome. And what was that experience like playing collegiate tennis? It was really fun, actually. Like, it's not something you get to experience when you're out there on the grind just playing tournaments by yourself like ITF juniors ITF pro circuit it's it's a lot more team oriented than just being by yourself and i it was fun <laughs> so and i assume that you stayed on campus while you were there at georgia, uh, georgia tech yes i did how was campus life <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, campus, it was um, it was very nice actually. Like we were literally in Midtown Atlanta, mm-hmm. but when you were on campus, you didn't really notice it that we were in the middle of the city because it was just this was just so well built around like not really isolating, but like it was a mix of city life and campus life. Gotcha. And how was the transition for you coming from Florida? Uh, just, you know, living in pretty much, like you said, downtown, downtown uh, Georgia, if you will, or Atlanta, rather. At least yeah. I think it's Atlanta. Yeah. It, yeah. Midtown. Yeah, yeah. Midtown. Yeah, it was. I definitely the thing that I had to kind of adapt to the most, probably the weather, because <laughs> mm. Florida doesn't even get below like 60 degrees. So (laughs) winter in Atlanta, I was like, what is this? (laughs) I thought we were still pretty South. Like I was not expecting it to like be cold, especially since my freshman year was actually the, it, it snowed in Atlanta. Ah, that was that year. Okay. So I was actually surprised that it even snowed because I thought we were, way too far south (laughs) well i'm gonna say i know exactly what you're talking about because for three years i lived in augusta 
Yep. And uh, yes, it can definitely get cold in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for sure. <laughs> oh, oh man! Or was that I had? I actually had um, the chance to wear my winter my winter clothing, so I was happy. <laughs> that is true. I, I had to. I thought I was packing away my winter gear forever when I was in Georgia, and it came out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So so so, Rashida, when you were on the team at Georgia Tech, what did you play? Were you playing singles and doubles? Just singles? Just doubles? Uh, I was playing both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gosh. It was actually pretty tough because my freshman year, we only had six players, so everyone had to play. Mm. <laughs> no, no injuries on that team. We couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing! Wow. And how long were you a part of that program? Uh, so I went to Georgia Tech all four years. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Definitely grew up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you found that, you know, that maturity or that, like you were saying, you needed to mature more on the court? Do you feel like you found that during your time uh, in, in in that program? Yeah, I definitely did. It definitely helped me come out of my shell. Like, I was definitely a shy girl in juniors. I didn't really talk much. Uh, I was more to myself. And then when I went to college, it was just like a different world. I was like, I had to take care of myself more. I had to talk to people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you talk to people, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely helped. Nice. That is wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, excellent. And and so then, Rashida, kind of talk to us then as as you're transitioning now out of um, you know, the NCAAs and onto the actual tour and the grind of it all. Just kind of talk to talk to our listeners around just kind of how that transition was for you and what it's like, you know, um, really going week in and week out on the tour now. Um, so I did experience it sort of in the ITF juniors, so it wasn't a big shock. But okay. going from college collegiate tennis to back out there like the itf pro circuit um it definitely is a lot more lonely Mm. so you have to have a nice support group just helping you like parents like coaches like fitness coaches just you have to have as much support as you can because it's it's really a lonely road Mm. Tennis in general is lonely, but it's definitely, it gets to you. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do, do your, does your mother and or the parents, do they join you out there at times when you're going and, you know, playing certain events? Do they, if it's out of state, do have they come to, you know, kind of cheer you on? Yeah, definitely my mom, especially when we go out of the U.S., she definitely likes to come along because she likes she likes looking at different cultures and stuff, mm-hmm. likes traveling. So it definitely helped that she wanted to come. Mm-hmm. And then my dad, definitely now that he's a scout instead of a, an assistant coach, he gets to travel more for himself. So mm-hmm. he watch me more often now. So I'm glad about that. 
So I, I have a question now. You had kind of acclimated yourself to being on the tour and what, you know, what that's like. Uh, and then we had Corona happen. Talk to us about what that change was like for you, because we heard a lot about players that were lower ranked. Uh, it hit them it hit them different than it did, you know, obviously the people that are in the top 50 in the world, right? It was a different situation. So how, what was your experience like? Well, it was, it was definitely unique. Cause I mean, I've never gone through a pandemic before, so I don't think. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it was when everything shut down for me, it was like, okay, now what? What am I supposed to do now? Like, just because everything was shut down. It was the courts. It was the gyms. Like, I literally had to find, like, a private court that at, a, like, a family friend's house that I was able to use, which was lucky because not a lot of people actually got that. So it was, it was eye-opening because – you had to be more self-motivated to like actually go out and stay in shape and not gain that COVID night <laughs> weight. Right. <laughs> so it was it was very stressful, honestly. And and so what is it like now? Because we know it's not just about, you know, getting up traveling and going and, and playing in tournaments. Uh, there's so much more involved now with, you know, protocols and depending upon what country you're in and testing and, and you know, quarantining and all that. What has that been like lately? Um, well, it really sucks that you can't go out as much anymore, which wasn't really a problem for me. But um, it's yeah, it was I don't know, just. I kind of lost the question. <laughs> well, well, no, just like how it, is your whole process of being on tour now different because of the restrictions oh, uh, yeah. with the pandemic versus before, you know? So it's tougher, I think, for the girls playing Futures because there's not as many tournaments going around in the U.S. anyway. Um, the COVID pandemic situation like everyone's trying to be safe so the new protocols and the rules like you have to you have to take a COVID test before you even head to the tournament so that's one thing so it's stressful to even get those results right <laughs> so right it's but I try to stay safe I don't go out as much so <laughs> trying not to get that positive result <laughs> right <laughs> It's right. Same with us. We are doing what we can to avoid avoid getting anything positive. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. And so as you're as you're as things are beginning to kind of ramp themselves back up though, and you know, hopefully we're seeing seeing, you know, we're coming around the corner on this thing and, and the tour is hopefully getting itself back uh back to uh full steam. Um, what are some of the things that kind of you're thinking about at this point as it relates to kind of what, where you were and what you're, what you were doing and what are now new goals? Do you have anything that you're trying to, to, to do 
coming out of the gates? Well, as for my goals right now, I'm trying to get as much match play as I can. And it's hard right now because there's so few tournaments. Mm -hmm. One is going to the same tournaments. Like I, I think the last tournament that was here in Florida was the Boca Raton one. And I think for qualies, the last person to get in was in the 400s. So, and then draw, I think was last one in Maine was like in the 200s. So I was like, this isn't even a 25K anymore. This is like an 80K. Right. So right. It was frustrating because I went to go sign to see if I would get in as an alternate, and there was definitely no luck. And. It sucks because these girls that are coming from behind, there's no way to get those points if we can't get in the tournament to begin with. Right, right. So don't know what to do for that. So I'm actually starting to play more UTR tournaments where it's not any, you don't get any points, but at least you get the match play and then you spend right. prize money. Mm -hmm. You're still doing something. Instead of just sitting around hoping you get into a tournament. So how prevalent are the UTR tournaments? How often are you getting a chance to play now? So I still am new to the UTR thing. So um, they they do have like a pro league for the UTR. So I don't know how the rankings work, but because it's different. But um, there's a few in Atlanta in a few weeks that I'm actually going to go play. Okay. It's like a 25 K it's like, it's the same, same kind of like money tournament. It's like 25 K, but it's like round Robin instead of if you lose, you're out. So you mm -hmm. have guaranteed match play. Oh, well, that's that, a good that's, thing. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. good. And it's about the same level of players. Like, um, I think the last one I saw there was Sophie Chang, which she's a good player, and a few college players I've seen. So there's it's good competition still. Okay. Well, if our list, although we haven't explicitly said it, if our listeners still uh, don't know, uh, you do have a famous father athlete. Uh, Mr. Bob McAdoo, NBA Hall of Famer. Um, tell us, you know, and I know it's the only life you've known, but, you know, what's it like having a famous athlete dad? Um, it's, I can't really explain it because, I mean, he is my dad, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> but to me, he's just dad and mm -hmm. supportive of my tennis career. And just, I don't know, it's just, he's very helpful and annoying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, of course, that, that leads me to my next question. I mean, you said in the very beginning that he's a big part of the reason why you're playing tennis. Mm -hmm. and, and tell us, you know, how has he helped in that area? And how has he been annoying? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he definitely loves tennis. I can assure you of that. I, I honestly think he has more passion for tennis than he does for basketball. Really? Wow. Yeah. 
he honestly when when the slams are going on that's all he watches wow did not know that yeah so he's definitely more passionate than he is in basketball but um for him being helpful he he's been to that level in his in his sport right he knows what he's talking about when he's telling me things and i and not might be for tennis but it applies to just being at the top Mm -hmm. and to be able to have someone like that tell me how it was for him when he was coming up and how he experienced all that and he was he's able to tell me just what it was like like tells me stories just to get me through <laughs> right and so does he play tennis he used to he's he's not as young as he used to be so he right. <laughs> <laughs> he's fast but he still enjoys playing how little he gets to but yeah gotcha and so since he's such a big fan of the game so who are some of his favorite players ooh um he I actually think he likes watching the women play better than the men. Mm-hmm. Definitely likes Serena. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He likes her meanness like I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that he said when he used to tell me that that's how he was when he was on the court. He was mean. He was playing with a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's how he is. And do you feel like you played that way when you're on the court as well? Kind of with that chip on your shoulder? I'm trying to be. I think <laughs> it's it's a different lifestyle that he and I have. Mm-hmm. I don't have that same chip that he does, but I'm trying to get that fierceness. That means sense. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Are, do you feel like you're able to kind of when you step on that court to be able to kind of flip that, that switch, if you will. And, or, or is that where you kind of feel like there, there, that, that intensity needs to increase? I'm definitely working on that. Mm -hmm. I had moments where I have just flipped that switch and gone into the zone. And when I'm in that zone, I actually play my best tennis, like unbelievable matches. Mm Mm-hmm. It's that process of trying to get that switch on every time I'm in a match that I need to focus on, that getting that into, into that intensity. Absolutely. Now, I haven't had the pleasure of actually seeing you play yet. Can you tell us what your game is like? Are you, are you a baseliner? Are you an aggressive net player? You have a big serve? Uh, tell us about your game. Um, I would say I'm definitely a all-around player. I definitely have a power game, but okay. I also have that touch game where I can get to the net and just finish the point at the net. I think it you can see it more in my doubles matches. I have a higher doubles ranking than I do singles. So just I I actually like being at the net, but I find it tr- like a little troubling to getting to finding that game that I have in doubles into my singles game. 
And we've always we've always heard that, you know, players that have that attacking uh, net game, it takes them a little longer to develop mm-hmm. in, in, in that game style. So that that totally makes sense. Yeah, I do agree with that for sure. I, I was definitely a late bloomer in juniors and I'm I'm seeing I'm a late bloomer in pro too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what right. you've been saying, you know, in this past Australian Open, Aslan Karatsev has should be a motivator for a lot of players mm-hmm. that it it's never too late. That's true. <laughs> Very true. true. How about your serve? How would you rate your serve? Um, well, I've had a lot of people say I have an unbelievable kick serve, so I'd All like right. to Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I have that and I do have a hard flat serve that's hard to return. So I'm definitely proud of my service game. All right. We like that. Definitely. <laughs> Awesome. And, and, and now, Rashida, does your mother play? Because we talked about your dad, but she's the one that's sort of been with you, you know, going mm-hmm. to most of your events. Does she actually play? Same answer as my dad. She used to. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, out of both my parents, my mom is more competitive than my dad. Oh, really? Wow. And your dad is the one who has the chip on his shoulder. Exactly. But even <laughs> agree with me that he that. He thinks that she is more competitive than he is. Wow. That's pretty awesome. That's good, though. That's good. So you can draw from both of them. It seems like both of them sort of have that that really strong competitive you know, uh, spirit about them. So yeah, it's just about figuring out how you can tap into that to be able to bring out that best game each time you come out on the court. Yep. <laughs> Wholehearted victory. <laughs> Very cool. Do you have other family members that that kind of play tennis or follow the game? Well, um, yes, I actually do. Um, My dad put all of my siblings through that test to see if they had the potential to play tennis. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The one that stayed in it was my oldest brother. He actually coaches... um, uh, Georgia Gwinnett. He's the assistant coach at Georgia Gwinnett for tennis. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he stayed in it. My nephews play tennis. <laughs> so he's he's pushing them to play. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's getting it all through the family. And yep. I mean, and it's smart because, again, of any and all sports, tennis is the one that you can play pretty much at any age mm-hmm. of your, you know, of your livelihood. So I think that that's a really, really good, smart move. So yep. kudos to dad. That's that's cool. <laughs> and so good shout out. So Georgia Gwinnett, how long has he been coaching there or how long has he been the assistant coach? Um, I don't know exactly how many, but I know he's been there for a couple years. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, Rashida, talk to us just about, in general, we've been talking about your tennis, talking about your family here. Let's just kind of talk about things outside of tennis for you. So what are some of your interests or things that you really like to get into outside of tennis? Um, <laughs> Funny thing. it's It has nothing to do with anything. Well, I can't say that, actually. Athletic. <laughs> but... 
I definitely pull more towards the creative side outside of tennis. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like, love I, that. I love photography. I like drawing and music, but mm-hmm. especially music. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and talk to us about that. So, so you love music. Um, do you love like playing? Are you playing any specific instruments? Are you on the vocal side? Talk to us about the music. Well, like I said, I definitely played piano, but that was yes. a long time ago, and I don't remember. But <laughs> it's just, I love listening to music. I actually thought about going into, like, being a DJ for a while. Oh, all right. <laughs> I did, it didn't amount to anything, but I just have that passion of just listening to music and, like, making playlists Hmm. Not as creative into like making music, but just definitely listening it to it helps. And didn't I read somewhere that you you said your secret talent is singing? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like singing in my own private area where no okay. one can. Okay. <laughs> but my dad did mention once that I sounded like Diana Ross, but I don't want to, I don't want to like, promote right. oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> because we have Mr. Isaac here, who oh is the, the big singer here, sounding like Pivo Bryson over here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, I do love to sing. Um, I am uh, definitely not, uh, not a professional whatsoever. I'm like you. I like doing it kind of on the side and, but you never know. You never know. Singing is just, it's a wonderful thing, as is just music in general, which is what I absolutely, you know, love hearing you talk about is just the the power of music and just how, how important it is to listen to and enjoy. And Bryce knows about that. Don't, don't, don't sleep on Bryce, Lucia, because <laughs> you talk about a music man. Good Lord. This, yeah. Well, let me ask you the question I love to ask people. Okay. So you have a stadium. And you can have any artist, alive or dead, performing that night. Who's on that stage? Oh, I'm going to have to say Michael Jackson. Okay, I love you. Oh, see? <laughs> see? Always. <laughs> Just a shame. I missed it. I was too young. It is, it's still all out there for you. Yeah. It's still <laughs> all out there for you. So it's not I, an experience. I have been to more concerts than I can probably ever count in my lifetime. I still say the absolute best concert I have ever been to was in Indianapolis, Indiana in 1988. Uh, I think it was March. It was in March, March 12th or something like that. It was the Michael Jackson Bad Tour. Mm. I have just... And I've been to a lot of really good concerts. Some people have really shown out and had great shows and, and all that. I have never seen a show on that level ever in my life. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen Prince 20 times. And, oh. and he's and he's like right behind Michael for me. But that that Michael concert, the bad tour. Mm-hmm. the greatest live performance I have ever seen by a human being. That's what they all say. I'm so jealous. 
Because I've been to multiple concerts, not at his level, but like I've been to Beyonce, I've been to mm-hmm. Katy Perry. It's it's not the same performance that he did. Right. Right. He was just so passionate, so lively, so energetic. It was just from watching on like YouTube. <laughs> just wanting to experience that once. Right. So of the current artists, you know, who who do you like to listen to? Who do you like to follow? Who are you a fan of now? Oh boy. I've come across that question many times and every time I think I have a different answer. Mm. Um well my type of music, I definitely go towards more like the dance EDM air like category. Mm-hmm. Um I would probably say David Guetta or mm-hmm. Tiesto, Avicii. I don't have like a solid number one, but I just like the genre. Gotcha. Right. Okay, I, I I get you. I get you. So, have you ever been to like the the EDM festival in Vegas? No, I've I've I almost went to Ultra, which is here in Florida, but it was bad timing, and I had a tournament at the same time, so I couldn't make it. Mm. But it's going to be tough now since this pandemic is canceling all the concerts. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they'll be back though. Yes, we, we're yeah. turning a corner. We're, yes. we're turning a bit of a corner now, so fingers crossed. Great, everything's crossed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Rashida, you know, it's been a, a blast talking to you. I love your personality, and and hopefully yes. we'll get a chance to meet in person one day once it's, it's all over. But um, is there anything that, you know, we haven't covered that you'd like to share to to our listeners um, when we release the podcast? Um, I actually don't even know what else to say, really. <laughs> <laughs> we have drilled all into your personal and professional life. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I'm- Book really. If you meet me, I'll I'll probably say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is this is a great. Well, look, we it's always good to have people to to you know look out for that are on the come up um, on the tour, and we wish you the absolute best. We look, we want to continue this trend of Black Girl Magic on the Women's Professional Tour. Yes. Uh, you you have great history in, in front of you and uh, really, really love your spirit. Isaac, huh? any, any final words that you have? No, just the fact that thank you for coming on with us, Rashida, and just kind of telling your story and allowing our listeners to get to know you a little bit better and yeah, yeah. If there's anything that ever comes up on your end, if you ever need an outlet to share, please, mm-hmm. please make sure you you can you talk with Brothers on Tennis because we would love to continue because we will be following you at this point and we yes. you know make sure we're we're you know supporting you and giving you love and uh, yeah. If there's anything that comes up on your end, please feel free to reach out to us. You always have us as a as a media source to get get out the word. Oh, thank you, thank you. Actually, I think I have one thing I could say. Okay, okay, please do. About 
probably the next upcoming players and players that are already out there, I would say probably never to give up. Like, I know you're young and you just want to see results come quickly and easily, but it's going to be a grind. I know it's going to make you frustrated, but like, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It's just in tennis, but also in life. Like, I had someone tell me this to me. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. So you have to enjoy the journey while you're young. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's something I'm still trying to figure out. And it's tough because while you're in the marathon, it doesn't feel like very enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, but then when you look back on it, that's when you can really see the benefit and the joy in it. That No, that's yeah. that's great, great advice. You stop When you stop looking at trying to get your results, trying to get there, get there, you have to take a step back and just take a moment to breathe. Yes. Think about what you have to work on instead of what you need to get to the top. Like focus on your own strengths instead of what other people have and try to imitate it. Work on yourself first. That's right. And there, and there you go, listeners from Rashida McAdoo, work on yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get to work. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Rashida, once again, thank you so very much for coming on uh, the show today. And like Isaac said, any, you're welcome back at, any time you want to come on. So just let us know. All right. This is enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. We, we try to make it that way for our, for our guests so that they feel like they want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> but, and to our listeners, we recorded this on, on Locker Room. Once again, if you're not on Locker Room, you can't come and join and listen to this live. But we will be releasing this as a podcast. So look forward to that. So on behalf of the podcast, this has been your boy, Bryce. And this is your boy, Isaac. And we're Brothers on Tennis. Everyone have a great week. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.